we were discussing how we deal with mistakes or avarice made by personalities in the Tanakh. Obviously, we can't judge them by our standards. And like we spoke about in the previous year, the Torah tends to, so to speak, describe avarice of the Kadmonim, of the biblical personalities, in extreme terms, even more than they actually did, as we gave examples last time. There's another understand, point to understand as well. And maybe this is a point doesn't, which doesn't just affect the way we relate to errors or mistakes, shortfalls of people in the Tanakh, but it's something which we can use in our own Avodah Hashem as well. And that is understanding the nature, so to speak, of the enemy called the Satan. We know Hashem creates the Satan, the Satan who is there to try and mislead people, seduce them, cause them to fall into Averis. And how do we understand this Satan? How powerful is he? What Kayat Hashem gave him? From the very beginning of time, we see the Satan as the entity who brought down Adam Rishon. We see the Satan as the responsible party for the Chaita Egel. And each of us is meant to try and combat the same Satan. So, how does this work? So, the principle starts from a Gemara and Kedushin. And the Gemara says that Yitzhak Shal Adam Miskabra Rav Bechol Yom. A person's Yetzirah is Miskabra, it gets stronger every day. And the Mora Kodesh Parachu Oisha Eli Yachorah. If not for the fact that Hashem helps him, he wouldn't be able to overcome it. What does it mean? How does it work? An understanding is like this. Hashem creates the Satan as a counterforce. Hashem creates the Satan as something which can provide a challenge to the man. And that Satan can provide a challenge to the greatest man. And that same Satan can provide a challenge to the man on the smallest level. If that's the case, we have to understand that the Koyach of the Satan isn't only one force. And to think that we and other Mauritian are combating the same Satan. The Satan is there as the counterpoint, as the opposition to a person. And therefore, and this is an important point, the amount of strength that Hashem gives the Satan will depend on the greatness of the person he's coming to confront. And therefore, the Gemara says in Sukkah, if a person is greater, his Yetzir is greater, it's very simple. And it's the simple Pshat. The greater a person is, Hashem allows the Satan to match him. And therefore, the sign he's going to face is on the level he is. And a person who is less than him and wouldn't therefore be able to combat his a Satan on a higher level, 
So the way that the Sultan confronts the lower person is on a lower level. And as a person grows and becomes greater, so Hashem allows the Sultan, so to speak, to raise the level of where you can meet him, or where you can confront him. Which means it's not just one Sultan. It means whatever level a person is, so there's a Sultan, so to speak, matched perfectly to that stage, which will present which will present him with the option to a Bukhira, will present him with the choice that he has to choose, which is perfectly, so to speak, tailor-made for where he is. And therefore, when Chazal says, his place can also mean his level. Don't judge your friend if you're not on his level, because you can't understand the Yetzirah he confronted from a different point, from a different place. And therefore, the greater a person is, you have to understand the greater he is as well. Now, this is a simple point to think about, but it brings us to a question. And that is, so it's true the Yates is greater when the person is greater. But it just maintains the equilibrium. And therefore, why if a person is on level 3, let's say, as an example, and he, conf- he confronts the Sultan on level 3, is it different to a person on level 6 who confronts the Sultan on level 6? A person on level 20 who confronts the Sultan on level 20, or however else, we go, ever, ever, how are we going to go? In other words, if the sides are both equal, so why is the smaller person in his Nisayan, different to the greater person in his Nisayan. And therefore, we will ask the question, that's true, but the personalities of Tanakh are on a much greater level. It's worth asking them about, for example, the Dharamabu, that they were, because there were such great Nishamas, as Zara says, that's why they confronted such a big Sultan. But, at the end of the day, there wasn't balance. And if a person today can overcome a Sultan on his level, so why doesn't it give him a certain sense of superiority of a person on a much greater level who didn't confront the Sultan which was matched to that level? So to answer this question, we really have to see a little bit more about how the Sultan works. And let's start with the Gemara. The Gemara on Kedushin, on Dafay, the Gemara tells us about two Tanaim who were convinced that on the level that they had reached, a level of purity, a level of spirituality, a level of Torah greatness, the Sultan for Arais, the Sultan for physical temptation couldn't apply to them anymore. They felt confident that they could say, Gira ba'ena de Sitna, as if to say an, eye in the, in the eye of, an arrow in the eye of the Sultan, that the Kira the Sultan wouldn't be able to touch them. And the Sultan sets out to teach them a lesson. And the two people we're talking about are two of the greatest of Atanai. We're talking about Rabbi Meir, we're talking about Rabbi Akiva. And when the Sultan comes to try and entice them, he doesn't look for some spiritual kind of Yetzahara, or some kind of uh, Avera which would befit the status or the stature of the people we're talking about. On the contrary, he tries a very physical Yetzahara, and the Gemara says in Kedushin Dach that in the case of Rabbi Akiva, 
The Gemara says, Idmi le satan resh tikla. The satan appeared to him like a woman at the top of a palm tree. But then if he wondered how the woman got up the palm tree. But a palm tree is a tree which is very difficult to climb. And there's only one central, so to speak, trunk, there are no branches. And a certain appeared of a woman of obviously tremendous beauty at the top of this palm tree. And what did Rabbi Akiva do? He started to climb the tree. Now, again, let's picture for ourselves the sight of an older Rosh Hashiva who suddenly decides to climb a palm tree with his, with his top hat, with his frack. And uh, why would he be climbing a palm tree? Everyone would see, would look up and see because there's a woman on top of the palm tree. And nevertheless, that doesn't deter Rabbi Akiva, he's determined to climb the palm tree. And the Gemara says, when he gets halfway up, the Satan, so to speak, reveals himself as a Satan. And he says, if not for the fact that in Shemaim, they were Machshavi, they consider you a great man, I would consider you, consider you insignificant. And the second Gemara talks about Rabbi Meir, also one of the greatest of the name. And he also belittled how to speak, the ability of the Satan to affect him. And the Satan did the same thing to him also. It appeared to him as a woman on the other side of the river. And there wasn't a boat to cross the river. So the Gemara says that he may cross the river with a rock which was strung across the river. And once again, one can imagine the how peculiar that must have looked. To the casual passerby, why is somebody of uh, uh, one of the Gdali Adar uh, crossing a river in such an unusual fashion? And then they would look to see why, and they would see why. To, to, because there's a woman on the other side, it was a, I'm sure, a tremendous embarrassment. Both to Rabbi Meir and to Rabbi Akiva. And here also, when you got halfway, the Sultan leaves him and says, If not that they, they were saying in Shemaim that you're a great man, beware of Rabbi Meir and his Torah, then I also considered you to have no value. And what is the point of this? We don't expect great people. We don't expect them to fall for such a physical yetzara. We expect that they've developed themselves, perfected themselves, and elevated themselves. And would there be a yetzara? Maybe. And maybe a very spiritual yetzara. Let's have the story of the Vilnagon. That his Tamidim once asked him if he still has to confront the yetzara on his level. And the Vilnagon says yes. And they said to him, but Rebbeinu tell us, is it a struggle for you? And he says, yes, sometimes it's almost impossible for him to overcome the Yetzirah. And they ventured a bit further and they said, Rebbeinu tell us, what Yetzirah do you have already? What does Yetzirah want you to do? The Vodagon was a person who slept two hours after 24, and the rest of the time he was in seclusion, learning by himself. So what could Yetzirah tempt him with already? And the Vodagon says, there's a mission in Chagiga. The mission says it's impossible, it's also for a person to try and understand what was happened, what happened before the world was created and what will happen after the world will be destroyed. It's also for a person to mistakel, to think about, to ponder on malafanim or malaacha. And says the God, sometimes they have an almost indescribable urge to try and think about it. Now, that's a Yetzahara, which we can understand, is a private for Vulnagan to try and venture into areas of Kabbalah which people aren't meant to think about. Okay, we understand, that's a spiritual Yetzirah. Most of us are done, don't have this problem. We don't, we don't have to worry about what was the fundamental offer. No worries, no worries. But it's appropriate for Vilna God. 
But to talk about the Tanoim, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Meir, and the Sultan would be able to entice them with such that seems like a physical Yatsara, how do you understand that? And if you're going to ask him to know him, we can go step up. Let's talk about David Amelech. David Amelech was immensely great. And we find that David also sins. David also is his biggest falling was in the area of Arais. And the Gemara even says in the Vodazar and the that David wasn't Roy Loisa Based on David's level, it shouldn't have been something which happened. He shouldn't have, so to speak, given in. He should have been stronger than the Satan in that area. So why did he fall? And the principle is like this. Based on a person's level, they're able to, so to speak, overcome the Satan which would be appropriate to that level. But, the Satan on a higher level they won't necessarily be able to overcome. So what stops the Satan from attacking them on a higher level? What stops the Satan coming with full intensity, full force? And if he would do that, then there would be nobody who would be able to stand up to it. Because the Satan is a spiritual force, he's a malach. And if that's the case, for sure, he can, so to speak, attack a person at a level much higher than the person's holding. What stops him doing that? And that's what Gemara said before. The nature of the Satan is to try and be stronger than the person. So wherever the person is, the Satan wants to come to him on a stronger level. And if the Satan would be allowed to do that, then people would fall. People would fall, but it wouldn't be a fair fight. It's like dealing with an opponent who is way stronger than you are. And therefore there's a Kaddish Baruch or Ezra. Hashem helps the person and that doesn't allow the Sultan, so to speak, to entice them or to fight them on a level which is higher than the level they're holding by. But then a person has to understand, it's not his victory. It's not that he's stronger than the Sultan is. It's that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has minimized the amount that the Sultan is allowed to use against him. And on that level, he's able to confront the Sultan. But he needs the Kaddish Baruch Israel. When Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Meir both felt, so to speak, that they were stronger than the Yetzirah was, there was a certain maybe undercurrent that they felt that they were able to overcome the Yetzirah on their own. On their own. In reality, the level that they were at would be that they would be able to combat the Satan that level. But what HaKadosh Baruch Hu showed them is that they felt on their own that they could combat the Satan without HaKadosh Baruch Hu without the fact of Hashem, so to speak, giving a handicap to the ability of the Satan to only confront them on the level they were at, then the Satan would meet them on a much higher level. Above, so to speak, the great, the, their ability to combat. And therefore, even in an area, even in an area which they felt they had overcome, they felt they were strong enough in, the Sultan showed them that he could 
cause them to be overcome with taiva and to an extent where they, even their own dignity how people would see them or relate to the situation didn't feature or wouldn't act as a deterrent and that's what the Satan tells them if not for the fact that in Shemayim they said he is Zorib Rabbi Akiva Vatarasa or he is Zorib Rabbi Meir Vatarasa in other words, not for Shemayim they had warned the Satan what not to do is if you're talking about in absolute terms or considered to be like nothing the Satan is more powerful than a person can be and that's why it needs a certain Siyad Dishmai and the same goes with David Amalek the Gemara tells us that David asked Hashem why am I less than the three of us Abraham, Yisak and Yaakov and Hashem answers him he says they were Oymid ben Yisrael I tested them and they were strong withstood the test so David says Hashem b'chaineni Hashem b'nasani test me as well and at that stage David already lost because to ask for a test is in some maybe small way an admission that, or a, that a person feels himself strong enough to pass the test and that will be the case Hashem gave David a test but without the Siyat of the Shemayim, which would have enabled him to pass the test, and David failed in the same area. As great as David was, but even in the area of physicality, of Taiva, that's what David was natural as well. And I can say, Lo David Really, had it been a situation which would have, Hashem would have brought to him without him asking for it, David wasn't ready for that. It was only because David asked for a test and in some way it was indicative that he felt he was strong enough on his own to pass it then when he was given the test with Asiyah and Ishmael it was beyond his ability to withstand this is the insight a person's ability to overcome the Satan is only when Zakadish Baruch Hu is ready Hashem helps him and brings the Satan to the level where that person is able to overcome it. And we see this also in the story of Eob. The Satan convinced Hashem to test Eob, but exactly what he was allowed to do and how far he was allowed to go and what he was allowed to try was very dictated to him. Because he can do this, he can't do this, it's too much, this he's not allowed to do. And therefore he was contained, confined, in what Hashem allowed him to do. And this brings us to the next point. There are those times where if you see somebody done something to Anach, that to us looks improper, to us it looks like they shouldn't have done it. Once again, if we don't find Chazal criticize them for that, then we aren't in a position to make judgments and say they did a mistake or made a mistake. But it's something which you wouldn't think a person's meant to do. So how does such a thing happen? For example, the story of Yehuda and Tamar. We don't find Yehuda's criticized for what happened with Tamar. Even though we were asked the question, we had something, not something we would expect Yehuda to do. We were considered to be on the level far, far above the temptation of a Zayna on the side of the road. How did he fall? 
And here again, the same principle. The Satan is stronger than the person. Normally, HaKadosh Baruch gives the person the ability, at least, that he's able to try and overcome it. The Satan is lowered to this level the person is holding back. But there are times when HaKadosh Baruch wants a result. And if that's the case, you can raise the level, so to speak, of temptation to a level that a person is not able to overcome and maybe isn't even expected to overcome. And if Hashem wants the result, then we can't blame the person for what happened. And not only is this an idea, Chazal said this idea. When Tamara was put on trial because they thought she had been Mizana, and you heard her own that, and he says, Tzadka, she's correct, Mimani, it was from me. Chazal explained it possibly differently. And the word Mimeni, from me, Chazal said was a baskal came from Shemaim. A baskal, so to speak, was heard from the heavens, Mimeni Yatsu Advar. Hashem was saying, I orchestrated this. I wanted this to happen. I wanted the kings to come from Yehuda, I wanted the kings to come from Tamar, and therefore I organized the fact that they would in order to provide the possibility of the Jewish kingship. And if that's the case, it's true, maybe something Yehuda wouldn't on his own Bechira have done. And that's why Kaddish Baruch had to step in. And that's why Kaddish Baruch had to make him do something which wasn't within his control, wasn't within his range of, of possible potential, so to speak, to overcome. And that's the case, it's not considered a fault, it's not considered a mistake or a failure on Yehuda's part. Okay, so we understood the principle. And therefore also, we're talking about the intensity which with, with which the Satan attacked other Mauritian or Klai Yisrael at the time of the Egel Hazor. We understand also that being as they were on a much higher level, the Satan was given the ability to, so to speak, entice them or try to seduce them on a much, much higher level as well. So we can't pass judgment. That's not a certain we've confronted, it's not a certain we can feel that we're able to overcome. But the question still remains. And that is, if a person can overcome a certain on his level, so why isn't it fair to say, well then if that's the case, if I can overcome the certain on my level, then then the same thing would have been had I been on a high level. And the temptation been on a high level, I would have confronted and overcome that as well. And the answer is, it doesn't work in equal proportion. Which means, it's not like because a person's on level 3, the Satan's on level 3. And a person's on level 6, the Satan's on level 6. There's another fact involved here also. And that's the point which is maybe the Kiddush. And that is, the greater a person is, the more he's expected to put in effort in order to accomplish. And therefore, it's not that the same amount of effort of person on level 3 to conquer the Satan level 3 is what's needed from person level 6 to conquer the Satan level 6. The levels go up, but also the amount of effort the person has to put in goes up as well. And therefore, it's possible for a person on level 6 to conquer Satan level 6, but because he's on level 6, he has to put in an extra degree of effort. And if a person gets to level 20, or level 60, or level 100, or whatever it's going to be, so it's possible for him, for him to conquer that Satan, but it's much harder. It's possible, but he needs to put in much more effort. 
The fact that a person grows isn't that on every level he is, he can now deal with his nisayin with the same ease that he had before. No. Part of growth is a person is able to do more. A person is able to try harder. A person is able to invest more effort, and it requires the more effort. We're not going to think for a second that Abraham's test in passing the arcade or Yosef's test in Mitzrayim was, of course, on their level, they had it exactly what we have now on our level, and we manage and they manage all the same. It doesn't work like that. And obviously not. We aren't Abraham Avinas. Even on a scaled-down level. As the levels go up, the amounts of effort the person has to put in, in order to be successful, gets more. And that's why it's also more of a level. It's not just a higher level, it's more of a level. The amount the person has to work in order to merit the Siyat Dishmai. The amount that a person has to work in order to overcome, so to speak, the Yitzhara, that gets stronger too. And therefore, for us to, so to speak, sit in judgments of people of a greater level, and say, well, why did I overcome the Yitzhara? was not a fair thing for us to do. We don't begin to understand what was necessary for them to overcome the Yetzir. Yes, we can overcome our Yetzir, let's say, on the level we're in, but that's infinitely easier than a person on a much higher level having to overcome the Yetzir on his level. It's infinitely easier. And like we saw in the case of Yehuda, there's sometimes when Hashem wants the result to happen, so then it's not possible. Then the, 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 uh, the Yetzir can come to a person in a way where he's unable to overcome it. Then it's, he's not held to blame for that. That's not called another. Let's look at another example. Another direction. And that is the fact that in order to overcome the Yetzir, a person needs to have the And if a person doesn't deserve to have the then we don't see them as, as being able to overcome the Yetzir. Exactly the opposite. We see that they're for sure going to fall. This is a principle in Londres to explain this. There's a question on the Gemara in Saita. The Gemara says that if a lady was in seclusion with another man after she had been warned by her husband not to be, so until she drinks the water of the Saita, she's also to her husband. We assume she's been unfaithful. And the brisk rabbi asks the question. And this goes against the principles of halacha. Normally we have a principle that the din of Chazaka. If we have a question of what happened, We'll go back to the last known fact. So yes, in this case, we knew that this lady was permitted to her husband. She was a normal kosher Jewish lady. We now have a question. When they were in seclusion together, did she become forbidden to him or not? We don't have a resolution to that question. We don't have proof. If that's the case, we should go back to the last known fact. Before this question happened, she was caught. She was allowed. She was mutter. So why do we assume she's also? And the Briskarov explains it, that in a, when the lady's been in seclusion with somebody else, which is an Isser, it's not a question of is she Mutsu Asr. We see it as a much more likely op- option that she's Asr. And why? Because if a person needs Yadad Ishmael to confront the Yadzara, then the first thing a person needs to do to get that Yadad Ishmael is do what's necessary on their points, on their from their side, from their perspective, to resist the temptation, to avoid the Yetzirah. A person who's not going to, so to speak, take the precautions for themselves, isn't going to be given Ziyad Ishmael either. And therefore, 
the natural barrier that Hashem gave us to keep us from situations of Avera. The Isra of Sukhtir of Yichot. Well, when a person keeps the Torah's, so to speak, safeguards, then you can hopefully see the Shema as well. When a person isn't careful to keep the Torah's safeguards, so that's the reason why he's not going to get to the Adishmaya. And therefore, in a situation like that, it's a much more likely possibility that they're going to be Nechshon. When a person doesn't deserve Hashem's help in protecting them, it's very unlikely they're going to be strong enough to withstand the Adzara. That's one point. Another example of the same idea is the din in the Torah of Yifastaya, a famous halacha. And that is if a person goes into battle, and in the course of a battle, the non-Jewish nations used to try and present them with maybe immodestly clad women as a decoy to take the soldiers' attention. And the Torah allows the soldier to either convert or cohabit with this non-Jewish woman, even though normally the Torah would ask for such a thing. And the Torah says, because a person has Yetzirah, and if not for the fact that the Torah provided an avenue which would allow a person to be with her, we worried that he would be with her in a forbidden way. And the question is, that a principle like that goes against the whole Torah. The Torah makes r- rules, the Torah sets down the halacha, and expects us to comply. The Torah doesn't assume we're not going to be able to do it, and therefore find leniencies. This is the Torah, this is the halacha, and we have to do what it takes to keep the halacha. We're not starting backwards and saying, well, it'll be hard for people, so let's find them a leniency. So why when it comes to fast Torah, do we work backwards? If it's forbidden to marry a non-Jew, so then why did the Torah find an extenuating circumstance of fast Torah? And the answer for that is, when the Torah forbids something, there'll be a Yetzirah for it, a person's meant to be stronger. But the way to be stronger is, so to speak, to make safeguards for oneself so they don't confront the Yetzirah head on. Avoid the situation. Avoid the temptation. Avoid the Yichud. And then when a person does that, then they're given the Siyad Dishmaya, so to speak, that the Yetzirah is something that they can overcome. But when a person doesn't have those safeguards, and then they have to confront the Yetzirah. It's much more difficult. It's much more difficult. And therefore the way to, for a person to overcome the Yetzirah always is to take precautions. That's also the way that they show that they're worthy of the Yetzirah. But the soldier in battle, he doesn't have the option of not going into battle. He doesn't have the option of avoiding the situation. And if that's the case, when a person finds himself in a situation which is thrust upon him, and therefore with the Yetzirah which is staring him in the face, so in a situation like that, so then the Torah understands that when he hasn't had the chance in advance, so to speak, to erect a barrier between himself and the Yetzirah, when the person meets the Yetzirah, there has to be an option that won't become an issue. And the MS is, the very fact that the Torah 
gives a mahalach, gives a procedure of how a person could be could could have this lady as being mutter to him. That itself takes away the yetzara. That itself takes away the yetzara because now it's not something which is forbidden, and it's presented as something which he's unable to get. And there's also a technique of how the Torah gives a person the tools, so to speak, to overcome the Yatara. But the principle we started with, we're coming back to, and that is that there isn't a one-level Yatara. It's Mishgabe B'cholyam. It gets stronger every day, and every day a person has to work harder to overcome it. When a person works harder every day, then he gets to the Siyat Dishmaya to overcome that harder Yatara too. If a person is going to stay at the same level, is going to remain on the level he was before, then he's not going to be zaychut to overcome a yetzahara which is harder and needs more siyatah dishmai. And therefore, that process of a person developing and having to, each at each stage, do more to overcome the temptation at that stage is the matter of how a person grows. He gets greater and he achieves more. And that's the balance when, which is necessary for a person to then be zeichet to the siyat deshmai at each stage to overcome the yetzara. But when a person feels that it's all in his own, within his own ability, he asks to be tested, tested like the story of David Amalek. So then, to some extent, the person loses that siyat deshmai. Then it's no longer an option to overcome the yetzara. Something which is stronger and is naturally stronger than a person. And like we saw, then we don't have the opportunity to be able to pass judgment on a person at a greater level who did something wrong because we, are, we, didn't, we didn't have the same Yitzhara which he had and therefore to think we could have been successful. The question which we could ask is why didn't they have the Siyat If a person does what they meant to do, they meant the Siyat And if it's because like in the case of Rabbi Yekiv and Rabbi Meir, it was coming to teach them a lesson. In the case of David Amir, it's because he asked to be tested. In the case of Yehuda, it's because the result Hashem wanted to happen. And therefore it was given to him in a way where he couldn't overcome. Then that's not a pircha, that's not a stir on the person. If it's because the person did the wrong thing, they put themselves in a situation where they didn't keep the halakha, and that's why they weren't given the siyat tishmai later on, so then, yes. And then there is a, so to speak, an accusation against the person. Not just for the failing of when he actually fell because he had said I was too strong for him, but for the step before that. Why do you put yourself in a situation, so to speak, where you aren't going to marry to have a Going back to other Mauritian, that was his mistake too. We should say, Chava's mistake. When she's willing to touch the tree. To, to get too close to the tree, so then the temptation of not eating it becomes much stronger. Why don't you take a step back? Remove yourself from the temptation. Now, if that's a per- something a person is able to do, like Chava should have done, so then yes, they're responsible for the fact that when later on the Yetzirah, the so to speak, attacked them, they weren't strong enough to withstand it. Or like we saw in the case of the Satan. When that first step wasn't up to them, now we spoke about Yechastaya, and therefore she wasn't, the person isn't able to withstand the situation. If that's the case, there has to be a different way to overcome the Yetzirah. Not by avoiding him, 
because here you thrust into a direct confrontation with him. And here the way to overcome the Yetzirah is that there's also an avenue of Hetzirah. There's also a, a permissible possibility. So the only the option of only Yisr isn't uh, overwhelming. And one last point. That's why it's something the person needs to dive in for as well. Because of course it's his it's his avoidance, it's his struggle to overcome the Yetzirah. But being as it takes the other so a person can deserve the Seyad Deshmaya by distancing himself from the Yetzirah. A person can deserve the Seyad Deshmaya by putting all his efforts into overcoming the Yetzirah. A person can also deserve the Seyad Deshmaya by diving for Hashem's assistance. But when he's done what he needs to do, the Yetzirah is prevented from seducing him or tempting him in a way which he's unable to compete with. In reality, it's all three. That's why a person is successful, and that's why a person grows and is willing and able on a daily basis to confront and overcome the Yetzirah on an ever-increasing ever level.